welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast. If you are under 18 years of age, stop the podcast now. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. The Kinky Cast is heard in over 150 countries. This week's episode is 231A, in our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. Today, we present Autumn Orange's double feature, recorded live at Frolicon on Edging. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for loads of information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com. Here's your host, Autumn Orange. How are you guys doing? Woo! Yeah, I'm manic too. Okay. <laughs> so this is Edging. I'm Autumn. A little bit about me. I was the first Southeast person of leather in 2015. I have been teaching. I've been all over the country. I have been to almost 300 events at this point, and I have been, I've taught, I believe it, over half of them. I travel a lot. I do a lot. Um, as I've said to some of you before, if you're paying attention or if you're in here, my wonderful, amazing owners in the back of the classroom and the cat ears with the beautiful unicorn hair. A lot of this research is hers. That is fire child. Yeah, yes, you should stand up. She's very pretty. <laughs> yes, yes, with your queen wife, yes. Yes, so I actually got into this because of her. She's amazing and wonderful, and um, there have been a lot of cursing because, you know, I got introduced to this, but it's wonderful and awesome. So that's the information. So this is my lovely demo bottom. You go by Devious or Devious? Either one. No, oh, I'm going to call you devious, because calling you sir where I do things to you would probably mess with my head a bit much. Okay, so tell them a little bit about you. So I, I am Sir Devious, so, or Daniel, most of you have seen me around. Uh, I won my title in 2012 for the South Carolina uh, Leather Contest. Been traveling to different events over the years, mainly for Olicon, every year has been my thing. And... Um, it's the first time I've done a class like this and demo <laughs> bottom for it, so this is going to be an interesting experience for me. So yeah, that's there's I mean you know just do rope and everything else, and we're gonna have some fun. Yeah, so yeah, if you guys can give good. him a hand for being willing to do this, thank you. And these are my helpers because obviously I can't focus on this lovely specimen of man while I'm doing this. So this is Jessica and Jay, and they're going to be torturing this beautiful piece of man meat for me. All right, so if you guys could, while I'm starting explaining everything uh, about the basics of class, if you could get him undressed and on the spanking bench, and you're probably going to have to tie him down. Probably, yeah. There's little strappy things. It'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can figure out how to get him out of the pants. It's all good. It's not hard to get me out of my pants, okay? I know, honey. I know. All right, so... Orgasm denial, not yet. Like, why would you do this, right? Like, what is the first thing that you typically have or, like, you typically hear when you're talking about orgasm denial? And it's like, why? Why would you not immediately want to just get off? Why would you not want to come? That's okay. I'm here to tell you. (laughs) So orgasm denial is not just the complete lack of sexual activity uh, for either party, nor is it a permanent state of being. There are several different options. Um, I'm going to go over a few different definitions. So orgasm denial, what is it? First of all, I mean, that's why you're here, right? You want to know. So it is the delayed or denied orgasm, but it's not limited to orgasms. So this can include sexual touch, uh, stimulation, play, masturbation, sex. It's all used as a tool to deny or delay an orgasm depending on the situation. I really just like to be a sadist and use it to aggravate someone. Like, it doesn't have to be for any other purpose than to just be mean. It's fantastic. For example, not that I can do this to him right now because they're having boot difficulties. But all I have to do is walk up to him and take my fingernail and just run it down the base of his spine. And because I've had him edging for almost three days, he's about to come all over himself. Four? Oh, you're such a good boy. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I didn't know it was four. You asked me to. so I mean, I asked you for a week, but I said I'd give you three days. I did four. I'm proud. Okay. But yeah, I've, I've had him 
almost come, I don't know how many times over the past couple of days, just walking up to him on the smoke deck, running my fingernail down his spine, um, having him trembling, and he's like this, and he can't do anything. It's fantastic. No, I, I don't want him to come. It's just sadistic pleasure. So orgasm control. Control of an orgasm. Edging when masturbating if they can't orgasm. This can also be as elaborate as just um, some triggers to arouse, to edge, to have an orgasm. Um, it can be a signal or it can be a verbal cue. So what's really interesting about this to me is I could look at someone and not touch them. I could go up to him. Again, not that I can right now. Um, and I have a nickname for him, not Drunk Bunny. <laughs> that was my nickname last night. That was your nickname. He was so cute. He was in a little kilt and bunny ears and drunk off his ass. It was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I call him my rogue. We both do um, D&D games. Um, he's very witty. He's very sarcastic. So if I wanted to do this, if I had instilled, you know, a trigger for him and I just wanted to be an asshole because, let's face it, I'm a sadist. If I had instilled that in him and I wanted him to just have a boner in public, I could walk right up to him and be like, my rogue. And it's, it's there. It's ready to go because I have trained him to do that. Oh, are you having some issues? So I've talked about edging, right? So let me explain what that is. Edge is a point before orgasm. Now you can ride this multiple times or once without allowing yourself to fall over the edge into an orgasm. Look at that booty. Oh, he's so cute. Okay, so now there's a difference between types of edging, right? So there's hard edging and there's soft edging. And we are totally going to get to see this, and it's going to be probably the best part of the class for you guys. So a hard edge is right at the tipping point before an orgasm. So this is where minimal stimulation will cause you to fall over the edge into an orgasm. Oh, okay. I just need people to see you get your dick sucked, dudes. If you want to stand, you want to lay, however you're comfortable. So soft edge is where they're close to orgasm, but it's going to take them more effort to achieve that orgasm. It's going to be easier for you to stop. This is a good thing to use to train up to getting to that hard edge. Um, and there's, like, it's easy to do this multiple times, whereas if you're not used to it, if, if you're trying to force yourself with several hard edges and you're not used to it, you're probably going to end up falling over into the orgasm. So riding the edge is one of my favorite things in the world. Pushing up to the point of a hard edge and holding yourself there so that you don't fall over the edge into an orgasm. This can take a lot of practice to accomplish. Getting a little distracted over here, are you? <laughs> oh. I'm going to pay for that, I know. But. So let me go ahead and advertise myself a little bit more tomorrow at 10 a.m. There's going to be humiliation and degradation class. All right, so what we're going to do is we're all going to come and watch him pay for that comment. Yes. Worth it. Yeah. Oh, is it, Brat? Okay, so over 50% of the population has difficulty with this, which is right in the edge, going back to things. Uh, so if this is you, please don't feel bad, or please don't feel like you don't know what you're doing, or you're a failure at this. This does take some practice to accomplish. It's very hard to do this right from the get-go. And then there's chastity, and, and we have a lot on chastity. Bear with me, there's a lot to cover. Uh, locking someone into a chastity device or withholding them from having sex in general. <laughs> Are you sure you're okay over there? Yeah, I'm good. All right. There's several different toys I'm going to mention. I'm actually working for Orkin and Serpent this weekend, but the reason that I'm doing some marketing for her is because some of the stuff that I actually had written into my class is already available at her booth, and I didn't see it anywhere else over the vending room. So you can come up and look at this stuff after the class is over. I will be holding it up to show you. Chastity is meant to prevent uh, certain sexual activities, uh, masturbation, penetration, or both. Some devices can be used to torture someone with stimulation or as a way to give more stimulation to find release. So if you guys could start getting him a little bit out of his head, I would appreciate it. And I like to cater to everybody. So so there's a little boy on boy. There, there's a little hat. It's just fun for me. All right. So... An example of some of these chastity devices uh, are leather chastity belts um, that can hold plugs in place. So there's also a tease. Uh, sexual stimulation or arousal without intent to follow through, because that's my jam. Uh, whatever is needed to turn the participant on or to get them into a sexual mind, uh, mindset. As I said before, porn, because I was just watching some really amazing lesbian porn. Scratching, he's scratching someone like he's doing now. Kissing. Uh, erotica. 
dirty talk, all kinds of fun things. So forced orgasms. This is one of my favorite punishments. Making someone orgasm whether they want to or not. So this is pain um, or humiliation in a place where the participant does not want to orgasm or orgasms back-to-back in order to cause overstimulation. I have literally been made to come so many times that I am such a complete sobbing mess that I cannot function, and I call it a sex coma, and it's fabulous. (laughs) So ruined orgasms. So the moment right after the orgasm starts where all stimulation stops, or pain is used to call, or used to stop an orgasm. So it feels really unsatisfying, and this is usually used as punishment for falling over the edge when you aren't supposed to. So why denial? Role-playing a fantasy, um, you can threaten a lot more than you're actually going to do. One of the things that I wanted to do, of course, I just blew my own cover by saying this, but, um, you know, I wanted, he doesn't want his ass to the audience. You know, I'm going to talk about the prostate. I'm going to explain a lot about the prostate. I can use fear play to make him think that I'm going to put his butt to y'all and be like, here, look, have a wide view. I have a speculum. It's all good. Don't giggle. You're supposed to blow. (laughs) See, this is bad. He's supposed to be all sexy. So denial can also really rev up your sex drive. So I was in a relationship where... um, my top did not find me very sexually attractive. And one of the things that we did to try to fix that was use denial Um, because my sex drive is immense. (laughs) And uh, it it would be like a stiff breeze and I was good to go. So (laughs) uh, I, I gave over the power of control so that he would be able to tell me, you know, when I could get aroused, when I needed to be ready for him to have sex with me. So that when he wanted to have sex because he had a lower sex drive, I was ready to go. It was good. It was far more intense. It was amazing. Of course, this backfired on that poor man because I went from wanting to have sex like twice a day to every minute of every second of every hour of every day. (laughs) And he stayed at about the same rate. But, you know, it really can rev it up. So there's also this really fun thing called denial headspace. And it's the floaty feeling that you can get from play. And it can last for days. So if you guys remember, he said that he's been doing this for four days. So there's a three-day denial high, which is why he is so super sensitive right now. And if you can get to the mark where you're in that floaty-woo happy stage, okay, that's going to stick around until it actually processes out of your system. Oh, we may need to back off there. Hold on. I can help. So this is one of my favorite things. Let me step over this cord. Hi. You seemed like you were getting too excited. Can I help? I'm good. You're good? Yep. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. You really? Yeah, I'm awesome. sad. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't get to be mean yet. I'll be mean eventually. Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Very mean tomorrow. Oh. It's not fun when you're a brat to be bratted. So if you would like to keep your partner in a near constant state of arousal, ready and willing to have sex whenever, this is the best way to achieve that. So this will also allow them to drop into subspace easier. So one of the things that really worked for me, and as you can see, he's kind of out of his head right now. Um, If I wanted to, you know, cause any sort of pain, he's going to be able to take more now than he would normally if I were to just walk up and whack him um, if he was just outside smoking something. But right now, he's going to be willing to take a hell of a lot more of anything I'm going to dish out to him because he is eventually going to want to have that uh, end goal met. I wasn't sure that was a vigorous enough nod there, babe. (laughs) So that being said, you would be surprised at the amount of things that you are willing to try when you're desperate to get off. No. Sorry, it's so cute. So, um, again, one of my little jokes about this, um, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Um, If you don't know anything about me, that's the one thing you will take away. I'm a hardcore Slytherin. I cannot stand Gryffindor. Harry Potter's a whiny little bitch. I do not like them, but I love the world and I love the series. When I am about where he is right now, I am all for Gryffindor. Harry Potter is amazing. I will say whatever you need me to say. Please let me come. It's very fun. So this is a very big part of why negotiating this type of play is incredibly important because what you don't want to do is use this in order to, like, push somebody into a direction, like, with soft limits, hard limits, to to get them to do something they wouldn't normally do. Again, um, 
Everybody's heard of REC? Yes, no's, I need some comment. No, okay. Risk-aware consensual kink. So what you're doing means that you know what you're doing. You have consented to this. If, you know, there's a risk of anything going wrong, you know that, everything else. So I actually play by um, prick, which is a little bit, I'd say like a half step above that. So that's personal risk and consensual kink. So I will actually push myself harder and I will play harder and I will do things that I know may actually mess me up a lot more. Of course, I'm going to inform my top of that, but I'm willing to do that. And I think it's a step further than wreck. But again, negotiate what you're willing and comfortable to do. He and I have negotiated for like on and off for three days. I've also negotiated with the helpers as to what they're comfortable with. Everything here has been planned out like you would not believe. There are 23 pages of notes on this class. <laughs> in this sort of situation uh, where you're gaining and giving up the kind of control that you are, it is an intense form of power exchange. Like, I mean, think about it. You are literally giving over the power of your own pleasure. And you are giving someone the ability to deny you that. Like, this, this is one of the things we start doing when we are, like, you know, eight, nine years old. You start, like, what the hell is this thing? And you're playing with yourself. And you are giving somebody the control to say, no, you are no longer allowed. I really want to hit him with something. So hard not to be distracted. Okay, so this is really good for helping a bottom to be attentive to a top's needs, wants, or desires. This is a very effective system as a reward and punishment. To be honest, when I first started doing this, I felt like the biggest failure in the world because we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, I was in my early 20s. I would literally go, vagina. I couldn't say anything, It, which if you know me now, I'm a pig, so that's kind of funny. But um, I felt like I was failing him every time I couldn't stop myself from getting aroused, every time I would want to get off when something wasn't happening. And it's completely normal. The thing is to remember is this takes a lot of time to build up. This takes a lot of time for you to learn. You're not a failure. It is really hard to do. It is really hard to succeed in. I would honestly say this is something that if you don't know yourself and you don't know your partner well, you're probably going to have a high like, chance of failing at this regardless. So, I mean, it's, it's completely normal. But just be, be patient with yourself. And, and don't. Don't be too hard on yourself. And that's something I have problems with, too. But I promise I'm going to get into that, too. So I've also found this to be a really great tool. Um, if any of you have issues with brats, this is a very effective thing. If you tell a brat, you're okay, yeah, you shouldn't brat. Well, no. Well, good. You don't get dick today. Well, you've effectively just stopped that. So this is really like high-stakes gambling. And, you know, welcome to denial. So there's your definitions. Just some ideas. How do you guys think that you could incorporate this into play? And how do you guys think that this would affect a dynamic? Because I want, like, a feel for the room before we go any further. I can, I can personally attest when I used to have to make really long drives late at night. Keeps you wide awake for that, that, that 80, 80, 100 miles you, you're driving. Um, so I used to be a vendor. Uh, well, I was a seller for a vendor. Um, I did, I think it was, like, 40 events last year. Um, and I had somebody that I was... Um, an active play partner, and it was like I had to edge so many times a day, and I would have to, like, try to find a restroom near my vending booth so I could run an edge for five minutes, and I would be on the road driving anywhere from, like, six hours to 22, 23 hours trying to figure out how to make this happen, but, oh, my God, was I so excited, and when I saw them, was the sex amazing? It was incredible. Mm. Uh, it could absolutely help things. Orgasm control. There are triggers, there's options. Choose them carefully. A lot of people that come into this kind of community that want to play in some kind of kink, um, I mean, just people in general, you're going to have trauma. You're going to have things that have happened to you that you need to talk about. This is one of the areas where I know you don't like to talk about your trauma and the weird baggage that we all have, but if you don't, you can end up really having some issues come up with this. Um, it's very important to stress that. It's very important to know this. And also know this can bring up stuff that you didn't realize was, uh, was there. Um, this has brought out um, some memories for me that I didn't realize that happened to me when I was a kid. And that was hard to deal with. But learning to process it, having open communication, having that dialogue will save you. Hand signals and verbal signals. I'm sorry. when he's... <laughs> It's going to be a thing. What you want to do is use uncommon words or phrases because if you use something too much, it's going to lose its effectiveness. So you also don't want to use this in more of a, like, everyday sort of setting. 
So if I want him to get a heart on every time I say bananas, he's going to think about rashes and hives and everything that comes from him eating a banana. And that's not going to be very effective. That's also something that could come up, you know, and I don't know, a conversation about breakfast. So you're going to have something that's more common. Now, if I happen to have his word or trigger phrase be Schwarzenegger, that's not going to come up as often. It's, it's going to be random. I can torture him then in public by being like, you know, what was your favorite Terminator movie? And having people do Schwarzenegger impressions and finding how many different ways I could get somebody to say the word Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's fun. So you just have to know uh, what you're doing, and, and you can, but just don't overuse it. Let's see. There's reasons to be careful with common words. I went over that. And sometimes um, it's all depending on the person. For me personally, I had to have my top say the word. It couldn't just be anybody out in public. Um, For some people, it can be anybody saying the word at all. It's all about the town. So if I was going to instill one for him, it would definitely be rogue. So while I have them doing stuff for them right now, um, I'm actually going to show you guys this. um, If I can get behind here without interrupting the wonderful job that they're doing. What you want to do is you want to set a very clear tone. You want to have the same sort of voice. You don't want to, you know, have a weird, funky tone. Like, you don't want to be like, bananas. Because <laughs> you're trying to keep the dick hard. You don't want the dick to go, hmm. What I'm going to do for him, he's very primal. He likes to be touched. He likes to be scratched. And not that he's admitted it, but one of the things that really does it for him is when I do say that he is my rogue. And I'm using the same tone. And it's a very deep tone. It's a very central tone. And it's not anything I'm going to come up to him and do randomly. So I can come up to him and talk about rogues. And it's a very different conversation as opposed to when I get him like this. Uh. And I tell him that he is my wonderful rogue. Uh. Uh. Because now if I'm going to come up to him, it's not fully set. I mean, I would have to do this multiple times in order to have this trigger set on him. But if I were to do this up to him in public... And I were to just come up to him and be like, my rogue. He's going to get a heart on, like just crazy level heart on. And you can do this in order to just get someone aroused. You can actually instill a trigger with somebody when they're orgasming. So that every time that they come, they're hearing that word, that phrase, that verbal signal. Really fun, really interesting, really easy to do. Okay, let's see. So that gets us into conditioning. So saying a word using the hand signal, that's what we're essentially doing. What I was doing there is he's being aroused. So I was using the rogue as the trigger for that. You want to say that with the intent and the inflection and the clarity. You really want to make sure that they understand the word. You don't want to have like a lot of weird stuff um, because you can actually pair this with a lot of different other kinks. One of the things you don't necessarily want to do is sensory deprivation. If you're going to try to close off auditory, they really need auditory edging into now, or at least I have found that to be the case. So just be careful and think through what you're doing. The masturbation and edging um, and orgasm, they are harder to instill than arousal because, let's face it, it's easy to get turned on. For all of us, it's not so easy to come. Um, So if you need to instill this trigger and you want it to be something that they hear and they come and it's difficult for them to come, you could be looking at months on end because they have a low sex drive because... You're trying to get them to come every time you say this. They may not always be around you when they're having the orgasm. So just a heads up. So there's also a second way to instill triggers, and that is hypnosis. So this involves the implanting of signals uh, without conditioning. Hypnosis can be done by the person who wants the signal in place. It can be done by the person who wants to have them implanted. It can also be done with an audio recording. For example, um, masturbating to a trigger word. So I have actually done this. I am extremely susceptible to hypnotism, um, but that's actually because of my own weird psychological profile. Um, It's very easy for me to block things out, and that makes me extremely susceptible to it. So um, within one session, um, I had a trigger for my arousal for when I needed to come and for when I needed to have a hard edge and write it and stay there. And it literally took 30 minutes. Some people, it, it may not work at all. It just depends on you and your brain and how that works for you. So basically, can the top do it? Yes. You know, can I do it as a bottom or the person wanting it done? Yes. Um, can someone not involved at all implant this? Yes. Also, there are some really, really cool uh, hypnotists that do this that actually work and do sex therapy and 
um, you know, BDSM counseling and trauma counseling that are all too happy to help you with this. Um, I have information for them. If you would like to see me after the class or message me, please feel free. I think there, there are three in the area, and I know of about a dozen in the nation. Sorry, I had to count. Deconditioning and warnings. So essentially, you need to understand that you are implanting something in your head. So this is a trigger that you have set up in order to make you hard or make you wet. This is something that you have done to have an orgasm, to stop an orgasm, to, to feel aroused and to feel wanted and desired. We all want to think that everything is going to go great. And we want to think that the dynamics that we get into and the relationships that we're in are going to last forever. But they don't always. So the thing you need to be aware of is that the psychological profile of the person you're wanting to implant the triggers in, you need to know the traumas. You know everything else. You need to know that not every relationship will last and that this is seriously intense and that it can be one of the most painful experiences to go through to decondition yourself and to take back that ability to be able to orgasm, to be able to be aroused on your own and to be able to take that back. You will probably see me get a little bit teary-eyed. I've gone through this. It is very, very difficult. These issues need to be dealt with as they happen. They don't need to be left to fester. So... One of the things that was a problem um, with the gentleman that I was talking about earlier, he would not feel like having sex. He had a low sex drive, so I would really want to. It revved up my sex drive a lot more. And he would say no. And instead of telling him that I was feeling conflicted, that I didn't understand why it was a no, that I didn't get what was going on, I, I felt like the only way to, to be good about this and to not be a failure in it was to just keep that to myself and it would be okay well no surprise you let that fester you let that build up it's gonna explode out of you right so it did and it didn't end well which is why again i'm it's, whew, focusing on um who you are and what you're going through and being able to communicate that so these implanted uh, responses they do stay even after the relationship ends and how do you go about getting rid of them how do you decondition yourself? So using hypnosis to undo hypnosis, um, it doesn't generally uh, go that well. Uh, but you can, depending on how susceptible you are. And again, this is a person-to-person basis. It will take a very long time to decondition. It took a while to plan it. And you know what they say about a relationship for however long you're in it, divide it in half. This is the opposite rule. However long it took to plan it, double it. So if you want to desensitize yourself to words or signals used, uh, typically in that situation, uh, do what it's not intended to do. So if, let's say, I don't know, we had an Armageddon button happen in our friendship. And he has gotten to the point where I've taken full control of his orgasms and he needs to not hear the word rogue anymore. He needs to have all the conversations about D&D. He needs to find a way to have rogue come up in a regular conversation. Um, He needs to desensitize himself to that word. As far as if, you know, I had had control over his orgasms, he will need to find a way in his mind to take his orgasms back, masturbating when it feels good, when he wants to, telling himself that it's okay, understanding that he's taking this part of himself back, understanding that, you know, it was nothing that caused anything in the dynamic to end or in that exchange to end. It's just that he's taking that back. And that can take a really long time. And if you're hard on yourself, if you're frustrated with yourself, it can be a very difficult thing to do. So learn from my mistakes. When I was having to take my orgasms back, I tried to push all through it in one session because I tried to be like (laughs) he-man of my own body. And um, I masturbated for four hours straight. I ended up like straining a muscle in my wrist. (laughs) I, I held myself on a plateau, and we'll get there, um, and I was just, I could not go down, I could not go up, I was just at this constant state of arousal, and I ended up just sobbing. I was a complete mess. Um, it took six months in order to be able to actually um, masturbate and, and have an orgasm and feel good about it and feel okay about it and not just cry because again it is a very intense thing that you end up setting up so pretty sorry it's hard to be serious about that when that's going on so if you're having a hard time sometimes you're going to need to use the trigger to assist you um so one of the things that um 
like in my situation, I, <laughs> I was his brat, I was his cupcake, or I was Miss Piggy. So as stupid as this sounds, I would watch Muppet clips mm. on YouTube because I needed, I needed that. I needed some part of him with me because I couldn't do it on my own. And it hurt, and it was hard. And there was a lot of times where I was crying, and I would end up just crying instead of being able to finish. But eventually, you know, I got there. Sorry, told you I get a little bit weird. But it's good to get familiar with your body again. It's good to know what you're doing, and it's good to know what you're wanting again. And that's the problem with getting attached to another person is that they're not there. Don't set too high of an expectation of yourself. And remember that you are going to be a completely different person after the conditioning. What worked for you before probably won't work for you now, may not work for you now. You have to relearn your body. Um, This is one of the things that I stress in all of my classes. Life happens. Life changes. I used to be the biggest pain slut in the world. The smaller I am weight-wise, the more I can take physically with pain. The heavier I am, the less I can take. And I will still try to do what I was doing when I was a size 10 when right now I'm a size 16 and I can't take it. So it's the same thing. You've just literally given over power to someone else for these orgasms. You could come out of this really wanting some sort of power control over you because that's now your new fetish. Know yourself. Be open with yourself. Don't hate yourself if something that you were completely in love with before is not something that you want anymore. It's okay. Things happen. You change. So chastity. Good Lord, help us. Okay. So you can have sexual or non-sexual options. It can be used to keep things in, keep things out, or only have certain things available for use. Chastity devices are harder to use with someone with a vagina and are more difficult of them for with people who have a penis. So leather chastity belts are easier to keep things in as opposed to out. If you're using them on someone with a vagina, uh, most chastity belt makers are using cheap products because they want to make more money if they're mass produced. So be sure that you're getting a metal that is safe for your skin. Because what you don't want is a porous metal. Because, you know, you have sweat, you have bodily fluids, you know, there could be urine, there could be blood, there could be, you know, all the stuff that comes out you. That's going to go in there. You don't want that. Or I'm just using air quotes for this. Female chastity belts are very tight. They set above the hips and they set tight against the skin between the legs. So if you're fluffy, you're going to have an issue uh, getting it tight enough to prevent touching. It's going to cause some hot spots and some chafing in some places where it rubs the skin or just irritates you too much. So you need to adjust the belt accordingly. Uh, baby powder, talcum powder are your friends. Also, um, I know this is going to sound weird, but that super thick white uh, deodorant, like non-scented deodorant, Oh, my dear God, it works for chub rub. It works for hot spots. Like, you can use that on anything. Like, line your hips with it and then put the belt on. Yes. They have runner's glide and stuff, too. It is amazing. It will be your best friend. I promise. Uh, Like, runner's glide or body glide. So, whether or not it's a perfect fit, it will do what it's intended to do if you're trying to prevent um, vaginal penetration. So, if that's your goal, you're going to succeed. There are two different types of backs that can come with a chastity belt. There's a thong type that goes up through the butt cheeks. Um, They are just flexible enough to shift for potty purposes, uh, but they will prevent anal. Now, there is a double chain as well. Um, It starts at the taint, and it goes around like the meat of the butt cheeks. So, you know, here, there's little chains. Now, make sure that if you're looking at these, and this is something you're interested in, you want flat chains. So I don't know if you've ever tried to sit on anything that's rounded, like you try to sit on those wooden church pews because, you know, southern. It hurts your butt after a while. Can you imagine sitting on those rounded chains? And also chafing in places that are awkward. <laughs> you can get a shield as well. Uh, now, what a shield does is it's going to cover the entire labia. So it's a, a graded guard. So... Um, that urine and blood can come through. It prevents manual manipulation. Now, if you're going to use a shield, please, dear Lord, keep it clean, keep it clean, keep it clean. Cleanliness next to godliness. I cannot say this enough. Um, so you're going to want to pat it dry after the restroom. Uh, you're going to want to wash it religiously. Um, you're going to need like a hard spray shower head or a water pick. Let's see. Let's go to metal chassis belts. They can come with optional attachments for vaginal or anal insertion. These can get sore very fast. Uh, I do not recommend these for any sort of long-term use, especially like if you're going to do 24 hours, very short-term use. So now we get to 
we get to penis chastity devices. And this is my disclaimer because if you own a penis, you will try to find a way more so than anybody I've ever known to try to achieve that orgasm and slip out of these devices. <laughs> Which is why they came up with these little things. I'm going to talk about them a little bit more. But these those plastic locks, these serial numbers, that's why these exist. Yeah, I'm fun. It's okay. I'm going to get there. You're, I'm just, this is fun for me. Okay. Just taking a bit, a bit of a breather. To... I mean, you guys can cause him immense amount of pain. That'll make me happy too. There's a leather looking thong thingy and it wraps up the shaft and the penis. Um, it can actually completely wrap up the shaft and the balls as well. Uh, and, and it will keep it from expanding. This is for short term use as you cannot go to the potty. Uh, be careful with restroom restrictions because UTIs are a thing. Long term, there's a variety of options. There is the full belt. Um, it's so it locks up the wang and it makes sure that you cannot slip off and it covers the Johnson, but there are more ways that you can slip it off. Non-belted devices work by having a ring that's flush to the body and the testes basically go through the ring to keep it against the body and the device attaches to the ring to keep it from slipping off. It's very lightweight. There's a variety of different rings in here. If you want to look at them later, the thing you should know about the rings so what you're doing basically uh, when you're putting on a ring, I don't know how many of you know this, but you're slipping one ball through at a time. You can try to slip these off. This is where people get into some issues because if you do this too often, you're going to get into testicular swelling. And I don't know if any of you know about testicular torsion. Oh, yeah, there is a, yeah. So, so right. They sit like this, right? Right? That's testicular torsion. So don't try to get out of your testity devices. There are a variety of options. There's metal. There's silicone, there's plastic, there's wood. Also, disclaimer with silicone, if you are using silicone toys, do not use silicone lube. They will break each other down. You don't want to lose your toys. That's a very sad day. You invested money in your sex kinky things. You don't want to lose it. Um, solid sheath, so that cannot touch the skin at all. There are rings or slots for the airflow. There's also Braveheart devices, or that's what I call them. So it's basically the shaft is encapsulated and the head is free because it gets freedom. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's also two metal rings, which is like one of my favorite things to see, but I'm, I just, I have to watch faces for this one. So you put it on when it's flaccid and then you fold the dick over into you and you put the other one on. I love watching guys' faces when I say that. You were killing me over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am dying. I'm here like focus, 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 crash. I know. It's like I'm edging my helpers. Uh, there's also, I, I call them Iron Maidens. Uh, there's also like little cages that come with little pokey stuff on the inside. So that's fun to watch them dance around too. Like, why don't you have a seat? No. Generally, like I've said, because of the creative need to orgasm and the general lack of discipline of, mo of most of the people who own penises, uh, these devices are not foolproof. Now you can get the, the cage off. We've talked about, oh yeah. So if you shove your balls back through the very, 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 very small slot, uh, after the device is on, as you can imagine, it would be very painful. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's like, it's little, it's little. And you're going to slip both of your testes back through that. That's what I'm talking about with some of these devices. You can get it off and you put it back on. So if you have one of the locks, what I recommend, especially if it's long distance or if anything's going on with this, are these little plastic locks with these serial numbers. So if you've got a key holder, have a backup key holder so that they know when that lock's coming off. Or if you need to, be able to cut this lock off and know what the serial number is. So that way, if they come back and they see you and they're like, hmm, I remember this being like three or four numbers ago. They're going to know how many times you've taken this off. They're going to know like why their serial number isn't there. And they should have an explanation as to why it's missing. Because we have to get creative when y'all try to get out of these things. Uh, you can also get off in a chastity device. By rubbing uh, the little slit on the front. I don't know if you guys have seen any of the little cock cages, but it looks like a teeny tiny little penis with some of them. Some of them have little um, wraps around, so there's just wires. Some of them have a thing, but they always usually have a little sheath in the front. Um, so you can actually rub the tiny little thing, um, play with the balls, massage the neck, biting, kissing, everything like it's been going over here. And they can actually orgasm without getting hard. Don't believe what any guy tells you it's possible. <laughs> Essentially, that ring that's around the testes, it is there. Um, to keep the testes from basically like going to pull up and seize when they're going to have the orgasm. You can do that in spite of it. It's just much more difficult, especially if you're not used to it. Um, so if you are capable of a dry orgasm, and I will go over that in just a minute, 
then you'll have enough prostate stimulation if you decide to go that way uh, that you can achieve that type of orgasm. Not everyone can, but most new users cannot. So, you know, level that prostate up to 50. For long-term chastity edging and for people with testes, edging produces sperm uh, without it being released, and this can become impacted. So they need to be milked regularly. Uh, it's going to be uncomfortable to the testy owner. I know. Y'all, are, y'all may as well just take a break during this section. Okay. I'm just going to be real Mr. with you. God. I mean, they can, I'm, I'm saying pain's an option. All right. Sorry, just the look on your face when I said they got to be milked. So the testes can actually be warm. They can be tight. They can be somewhat swollen. Um, they can be possibly flushed red or purple, depending on everything. Um, the shaft doesn't have to be hard for them to be milked. Keep them in chastity if you wish. I prefer that because I'm an asshole. You, now, what you do is you milk by pressing gently on the prostate. You also want to massage the balls because you want to release what is already there. You're not wanting to just build up more sperm because essentially you're defeating the purpose of milking them. So the prostate is directly behind the penis. We're going to pretend like this is a penis. Okay, so you got your penis, right? And then, you know, a little right here. So you're not going to find it unless they're aroused because it gets swollen up um, with fluid because the fluid is actually what goes into the testes along with the sperm because ejaculate, you know, that's what we're all familiar with. Um, so you're going to rub on this in order to release this. It's going to be like kind of milky and a little like white, you know, depending on the person, the color. And when it starts to clear up, you'll know that you've gotten a lot of that sperm out. So they're not going to be as uncomfortable and you're not going to have to worry about them being impacted. In all the chassis devices for the longer arousal or for orgasm that's hard to achieve, training your body uh, to be celibate, so you have to be careful. You need a plan with long-term uh, chastity, um, which is why knowing when you want them to edge and want them to have an orgasm is good because your body, like anything else, can be trained. So if you stop edging and you stop orgasming and you stop coming, your body's like, oh, okay, we're just not doing that anymore. So then it becomes much, much harder for you to get aroused, for you to achieve orgasm, for you to do any sort of sexy time fun things because they think they've closed the factory doors. So it's basically like unintentional conditioning. So that being said, why would you put someone on no touch? And no touch being essentially what it sounds like. Don't play with yourself. Don't touch yourself. Don't get turned on. So as to break and other activities, uh, calming down from frustration, from unwilling sexual practices, edging. A dynamic where a bottom should only touch themselves in the top's presence, as an example. Or enforced no touch uh, can also uh, heighten sexual arousal. And basically as a reminder of what you're missing. Again, did I mention I'm a brat? So in any dynamic I've had with this where I've really wanted to get off, it was, it's my pleasure. It is my desire when you should get off it is a privilege for you to do so and I got put on no touch a lot (laughs) so using chastity in a dynamic punishment reinforcing control and reinforcing uh, what is important so you can use this in or out of denial it can heighten sexual arousal arousal, obviously Um, consistent edging can lead to bigger orgasms Um, consistent edging that lasts for more than three days, as we talked about, is that denial high. So that's all the chemicals that in your system stay there for so long that they aren't processed out and it leads you to get high from them. Has anyone ever had a scene, um, from a top or bottom perspective where you're literally, you are floating and it doesn't, it's not just for an hour or so after, like it can be for two or three days after this is, this is the exact same thing. This is what we're talking about. It has to process out of your system. It's a whole thing. If you do want to keep somebody in that, Again, this is the thing I do in all of my classes. Do not, do not, do not have your bottom or whoever's going through this eating chocolate and junk food and sodas and stuff like that. Do not give them anything that's already hard for their body to process. Give them natural fruits and sugars. Baby carrots have a lot of sugar. White grapes have a ton of sugar. Um, You can even go with, like, corn and peas for starches. Give them Gatorade. Give them water. Their body can then come down out of that naturally, and that way you're going to do everything you can to prevent that crash. And for those of you that have to deal with Condrop, that's really good advice, too. It will actually help you quite a bit. It has saved me on numerous occasions. So used in a dynamic, as I told you guys, um, it can also be used to train somebody who gets off really easily to wait for their partner to come first, you know, because let's face it, my orgasm is far more important than his. You can also use it to train yourself to have an orgasm or taught to have one. Uh, 
It's based on your mindset, different aspects of edging that you're focusing on. So when you're trying not to come, you need to focus on every part of your arousal. Um, what methods are used to speed things up? What different speeds and reactions can you get um, out of things that tend to turn you on? Uh, the more you practice, the more you'll know. And the more you'll know its body and its limits, and you can use that information effectively. And by effectively, I mean use it against them. So if you're using edging to get off more easily or to have more intense orgasms, the goal is to have less time in between each edge, which is a hell of a lot of fun. If you have a difficult time orgasming, uh, you don't want to reach a plateau. So basically what I'm calling a plateau is where you're stuck. Your arousal stays at a consistent level. It doesn't go up. It doesn't go down. You'll know exactly what this is about if you've ever hit it. Uh, you'll know when it happens to you because you're going to be mad as hell. So if you're about to a plateau, when you think you're going to get to a feeling where you are stuck, where you don't know what's happening, you're just there, back off. Just don't go to no touch, but don't let it completely die. You know, one of the things that I'm into is like the light scratching. I will run my nails over my skin, over my chest. It keeps me there, and then I can go right back to masturbating, and I'm usually able to go right back into whatever I need to without hitting a plateau. But just know yourself and it'll be a lot easier. So the biggest thing that I can stress, do not get angry. Do not get frustrated with yourself. Again, don't masturbate for four hours straight and sprain your wrist and have to wear a brace and then explain that shit at work. <laughs> most importantly, remember to relax. Don't be your own worst enemy. The most important thing that you're trying to do is get off easier. So if you're stressed out and you're angry and you're sitting there like this, there's not a whole lot that's going to happen from that other than a hand cramp. If you want bigger orgasms, build up with each edge. So essentially, that's what I'm having them do right now, is I'm having them build him up as high as he can go and then dropping him back off. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, <laughs> so when you're close to the edge and you want to release, what you're going to do is you're going to do edge release, edge release, edge release. And that's what he's been having to deal with for four days and essentially what he's been doing this entire class. Uh. And if he's a good boy and he quits being a fucking brat, then I'll let him come. Uh. So when you feel like you're about to cry, and you feel like you're about to fall over the edge, um, with that consistent edging to up your arousal, that's the point you need to get to when you want to experience that more intense kind of orgasm. Um, my rule of thumb, because I come so easy, is I will have myself edge and hard edge about 15 times. And when I do come, I swear to God, I see stars. It's like my whole room turns into a galaxy. It's fantastic. <laughs> so there are different levels of arousal. So there's like, you know, the soft glow where you saw something, you're like, hey. There's also, you know, the dirty thoughts when you kind of step it up a level and they're sort of flying away from you. Um, my best example of this is I do customer service and I was on a phone call where this lady was screaming at me and I was like, I'd be into this in any other situation. And <laughs> do you remember that time when you had a dick in your mouth and a boot on your throat and I was at work, it was not okay. To the point where you're painfully turned on at random. Again, I have such weird things happen to me at work. I was eating an apple in the break room. I was making a, a joke with my boss because she never eats anything sweet. So anytime I see her with a carrot, I'm like, you're spoiling your diet. Because uh, it's sugar. And I said that. And then I started thinking about some really weird shit. And I completely soaked my underwear in front of my boss. I know she could smell it. It was awkward as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I get into weird situations at work. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm killing my bottle. I just have a so, really weird break room situation. In my she was just sitting there looking at me like. No, no, she scares me, no. No. I mean, and normally I'm into that, but not in that situation. So if you, uh, if you touch yourself and you get an immediate edge, which I probably could have done that day if I didn't die from embarrassment and you actually get high from it. Um, so I'm talking about the point where if he literally got so rock hard that all I had to do was just run my nail across him and he saw stars. Then we get to brain dead where all you want to do, all you can think about, anything and everything is basically how can I get off and what am I doing? And that's the only conscious thought in your mind. And then gooning, which I didn't know there was a term for this. Oh, somebody knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I will, I won't lie. So the first, y'all, you might as well give up on this one too. The first time I heard this, someone said gooning and I was like, goonies with the shuffle shuffle. Yeah. That, I'm sorry, honey. I mean, it is edging. So I'm doing my job. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I, no, I'm good. Well, yeah, you are. Uh, yeah, I know you know that. Mm -hmm. 
anyway. Uh, so basically, gooning is just masturbating to get like a higher level to stay at an extreme level. It's almost like. So you're thinking about nothing but sex, but this is when your brain completely shuts down. Like there is no thought. There is no consciousness anymore. There's no primal. There's nothing other than I have to come. And even that's not a conscious thought. It's just the need to do it. But there are some pitfalls to this. Um, This can cause an emotional release. It will happen and it can happen at random times. This can be something from trauma. This can literally be you've had the hardest day in the world. Um, you had that orgasm release by sweetie. And you just come and you were just crying a mountain full of tears. It's okay. Shit happens. It may never happen again with that same situation with anything else that you're doing like that. Process it. Talk about it. Deal with it. Don't ignore it. That's the worst thing you can do. Let it be okay. You're not broken. You're not bad. You're not wrong. It's completely normal. Just process it. Don't obsess about it. Do not obsess about it. It's fine. Uh, it probably won't happen again. Um, but, I mean, here's the thing you should also think about. You can get an emotional release from getting a haircut, from a hard workout, from a massage, or from popping your back. Why the hell would you not expect that with something as powerful as an orgasm or the denial of an orgasm? So denial highs can fade. Uh, And when you have no release and no control of your body, frustration can lead to extreme anger. This is extremely common in long-term denial. They can get angry about being in denial. You do need to process it. You do need to communicate. You do need to talk about what's going on and the issues that you're having. It may mean that you need to change your schedule. You know, do they need to edge more? Do they need to come off of no touch? Do they need, you know, basically an attitude judgment where it's no touch because they're just being that bratty. Know the situation. Talk to each other. Don't ignore it. Do not let it fester. Do not let it read to resentment because it can be the end of the denial, the dynamic itself, or the relationship. This can lead to depression. This can lead to major anxiety. Um, this can even uh, like leave trauma on a person. You know, and you also need to look, do you need support within the dynamic or without? For me, I need both. Um, so I need the support of people mm. who are in, you know, kink and who are hedonistic and... And I also need the person who's doing things to me to tell me that it's okay that this is going on. I need to feel like it's a normalized thing within my community. Some people only need one or the other. It's just you do you. Um, And the ratio of edging to touching can also really help you cope with the emotional side of things. So if you have a highly stressful job, if you have issues that are coming up in your relationship because there's so much stress at work because you don't know what to do and you can't make time for anything, there is nothing that, like, basically gives you the open doorway to quickie land like edging and orgasm denial. you got kids. you got roommates. You only get 15 minutes to do the scene. Baby, you are ready to fucking go if you have been denied for two fucking months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's been four days. I'm going to need you to calm down. (laughs) But yeah, all factors need to be taken into account. You can be stuck with conditioning, as mentioned earlier. It's a thing. You just need to have that open and honest communication. And lastly, stay aware. Keep communication open. Be safe. Have fun. Come at me with your questions, bro. And also, yes, they are going to be edging him until I tell them that he can come. And he's got, I don't know, like 10 minutes. So if he can't come in those 10 minutes, he doesn't get to. And I can, I can stop them at any time. So that's going to be going on. Well, uh, you guys can come up here and check this stuff out or ask questions. So what would you like to know? If you're more of a visual person, having a hand signal will help you more. If you're more of an audio person, having audio will help you more. That's basically just depends on you. Um, for me, um, the easiest thing that I could do was um, I love being choked. I love um, having someone take the back of my hair and put me on my knees because it puts me in my place because I'm a pig. And then looking at me and saying something like, mine. And I'm wet instantly. Mm. And if they do that enough over, you know, a period of an ex- a few in my case, days, um, but it can be a few weeks, a few months, whatever, you can instill that trigger. And that's, does that, yeah. yeah. So it's what works for you, what uh, your kinks are. Uh, Questions? I mean, y'all are more than welcome to just enjoy this. I am enjoying this. Uh, I think we're just going to enjoy the pretty. <laughs> I can't do a lot because the mic's on. Uh, 
Uh. Oh, you're stopping them. That's so sweet. I didn't even tell you to. He can also achieve dry orgasm. So there's a lot of fun things that I wish I could do to torture him, but he's not comfortable with it. Do you need to, do you really want to come? Do, do you think that you deserve to? Cause, cause you've been really bratty. I have, yes. Yeah. 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 And, and am I more important? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Oh, that, that's a good answer. <laughs> so should you be nicer if you want to come? Yes. So what do you want to do to come? You don't know. You don't know. What do you want me to do? That's not the, no. You, you have to guess. It's part of the game. He bet he knows. You, you can phone a friend. Oh, God, I do, don't I? Do I want you to show your butt? I wasn't thinking of that, but that's a great option. Oh, I like it. Thanks, Jay. I'm going to oh. pick that door. Do what? I'm going to pick that door. Your back door. Oh, so you're going to show your booty? Yes. Show your booty so you can come? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah? Right. Are you good? Can you show your booty? Yay. 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 Do, do you think that was enough for you to earn it? Probably not. No? No, I didn't think so either. Come on. I know you're a Harry Potter fan. you got to work with me. Can you hold that for me? So I don't know if you guys have seen these. This is Orchid and Serpent. They're the eviler sticks. They're one of my favorites. When you see me on my little backless tops, I have a big bruise of this on my back. Yeah, it's a bruise. Um, but he's a Ravenclaw, and it's Deathly Hallows. has little Ravenclaw colors. It's also conductive. It does all kinds of fun things. But I can't do electric play with him, but I can leave pretty marks. Can I leave pretty marks? Yes. You want to come? Yes. Because there's only 10 minutes. Are you sure? Because, I mean, you, can, you don't have to come. I know I don't have to, but I want to. You really? Yes. How much? Oh God. Give me <laughs> give me give me a number between between one and five. How much do you want to come? Five. Oh good. That means there's five. So this leaves a pretty little death deathly yeah, hallows. Are you? These leave little shooting stars and the different colors are different sensations with a conductive material. So much fun. And they have a little pointy thing where you can I'm gonna enhance it with those shooting stars. Yeah, Deep breath. That one wasn't bad, was it? It's okay. I'll count it. There's only one more. And you can come. Are you sure you want it? Yes. Really? Yes. Truly? Truly. Deeply? Uh-huh. Madly. <laughs> my, my favorite thing in the world is taking somebody with an extremely extensive vocabulary and making them say fuck. There's only one more. Are you really sure? Yes. Promise? I promise. Okay, now I'm going to be more fun. Okay, so who's going to make you come? Is it going to be Jessica or Jay? I'm good either way. <laughs> Jay. It's edging. Okay. Is this a Jay? It's a Jay. Yeah? You, did you need a bear in your life? I do need Are you bear. tired of pointless conversation? <laughs> fuck. He said fuck. Uh. Oh, did it? did it hurt? Aren't they pretty? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, okay, Jay, can you help uh, him, please? Uh, Thank you. Thank you, my rogue. Uh, my hands are like ice. Uh, so Her hands are really cold. <laughs> I'm helping him calm down. I know it may not sound like it. Uh, he makes such great noises. If you're okay, if you can sit down, Jay's going to suck your dick, okay? okay. I promise. <laughs> okay. Right. Yay! Yay! This won't take long, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys have questions, come find me afterwards. I'm going to yep. let this poor man come after four days. Uh, come by Orchid and Serpents. They have a lot of really cool stuff. Um, that's where I got everything I'm demonstrating and talking about today. Uh, otherwise, just enjoy the show. Mm. Oh, fuck. Yeah, fuck me. Oh, fuck. It is. It really is. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's a Ravenclaw. <sighs> uh! Intense than normal, right? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh.
And that's why edging's beautiful. Oh, God. Oh, I know. Yeah, right. But thank you guys for coming. That's all I got for you. You have been listening to episode 231A of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max. Time to listen to Autumn's 231B recording, Humiliation and Degradation from Frolicon. Join us next week when we present Fire Child, Anal 101, recorded live at Frolicon. Frolicon.